Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc. Here's your host, Dave Cross. Welcome to episode 52 of Talking Shop, the podcast that is all about this thing called Photoshop. In this episode, when did we become so impatient? Well, hello, and thanks for tuning in. If you are from the land of the Maple Leaf, happy belated Canada Day. And if you're in the United States of America, a little pre-celebration of July 4th, Independence Day. Hope you are staying safe and healthy during this crazy time. My name is Dave Cross, and this is a podcast that I do about Photoshop. So if you've never tuned in before, welcome. And if you're a frequent listener, welcome back. This time around, I want to talk about something that occurred to me. I was I, I tend to look at a lot of Photoshop groups on Facebook just to see what people are asking. And when I can, I, I like to jump in and try and answer. Although I got to say one of the cool things about a lot of these groups is by the time I often see a question or someone looking for help, there's already some pretty good answers there that have been given. But in this particular instance, someone posted a photograph. It was kind of a cool photo. It had a wedding couple and it made, they made them look like they were sitting on their wedding rings and there was a reflection in some water. And it was pretty cool. And there were quite a few comments, but what struck me was there were several comments that were along the lines of either, oh, that's cool. Can you tell me how you did it? Or, oh, that's really neat, tutorial question mark. And it's like, why, why is that your first inclination is to say, tell me how you did it. Show me all the steps. Why, why wouldn't your first inclination be, hmm, I'm going to see if I can figure that out. I know for me, and maybe this is just a, a sign of the times, but for me, for many years, that's one of the things I enjoyed the most about Photoshop is looking at something and going, hmm, I wonder if I can figure that out. And thinking about the functions I know about in Photoshop and wondering if any of those will fit the bill or maybe that would be the impetus to try something I'd never tried before because I'd look and go, hmm, it looks to me like to create a reflection, it has to be kind of a mirror image. So maybe I'll go and look and see if there's a way to flip something or mirror it or something like that and, and along the way, learn something new. I've talked before about Thinking like Photoshop episode 39, it was actually, I talked about that concept that I like to suggest people to think like Photoshop is to look at something and in your mind, think about what would the layers panel look like if I was to try and create this and almost picture ahead of time what you should end up with. And then it helps you, I think, experiment with trying to get to that end result and I've also talked before about how important I think it is to experiment. I really think that's one of the ways that we we learn is by not just following instructions, but by saying, okay, I have this idea and I'm going to go down this path of experimentation, knowing that hopefully we're using non-destructive methods such as layers and masks and smart objects and smart filters, etc., so that I can try a whole bunch of things. And if it gets to the point, I'm like, okay, this is not working at all. I need to try something else. You know, you can. But to me, that's a big part of it. Now, I understand that some of the time 
maybe perhaps the reason why people are saying, give me instructions or show me a tutorial is because they need to do something similar and they're under a deadline and they need to get it done quickly. And I, I, I get it, that happens. But to me, I really feel like, again, the way that you start to expand your knowledge is being willing to explore and think, how can I try to achieve the same end result? And your first attempt may be terrible. I've also talked in previous episodes of embracing failure, knowing that sometimes part of the learning process is to try things and it doesn't work at all, but you learn things. I always think of a student that I had way back when in the early days of teaching Photoshop, and she loved to use the term happy accident, where she was experimenting with something with a goal in mind of trying to do something. But when she perhaps applied a certain filter or did some step, she did not get the result she wanted at all, but she really liked the result for some other purpose. So she kind of made mental note and said, well, that was a happy accident. Now I know that when I do those steps, I get this effect and I'll keep that in mind for another purpose. I feel the same way about actions in Photoshop. I had a conversation a while ago with someone where we were doing some one-on-one -on -one training and I suggested that perhaps the solution to their problem was to create a simple action. Well, actually two actions, one for step one and one for putting it back the way it was for a project they were doing where they're going to do it many, many times. And my thought process was it's worth investing a small amount of time to create an action, or in this case, two actions, to then save yourself a ton of time on an ongoing basis. And this person completely agreed with what I was doing and I was walking them through the steps to create the action. And at a certain point they said, can't you just send it to me? And I remember feeling really disappointed. I mean, I, I could, in fact, I did. But I was like, why, why wouldn't you want to learn a little more about actions because not just for this purpose, but perhaps down the road, the next time you're faced with some task and you think, oh, I remember that time that I created those two little actions, maybe I can apply some of that theory to something else and, and use it again. I mean, it's that whole, what's that expression? Give a man a fish, teach a man to fish, teach a man to make a fish on a layer in Photoshop. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying is that the idea of just handing something to someone is a short-term solution, but it doesn't help them in the long run. All right, I'm going to continue my little mini rant about being impatient. But first... It's time for the tip of the week. In this week's tip, I want to make sure you know about the flexibility you have in fields inside panels. So anywhere where you see a number, for example, you're going to make a fixed size marquee selection and it's defaulting to pixels. You can type in 3IN for inches and override the pixel measurement. Or here's another example. You click on an object in the properties panel, you look and see the width is 923.8 pixels. And you know you want it half that size. Well, instead of trying to figure out the math, after you see where it says PX for pixels, put 
forward slash, which is the symbol for divided by two, and Photoshop does the math for you. So in fields, you can use forward slash for divided by, asterisks for multiplied by, and of course the plus and minus sign if you need to add or subtract something to a measurement. Once you've used it a couple of times, you'll find it's pretty darn useful. With short tutorials, in-depth multi-lesson courses, and live Q&A sessions, LearningPhotoshop.cc provides the Photoshop training you need to succeed. Years ago, I used to do a seminar tour where I'd go to different cities and have large groups of people sitting in front of me as I demonstrated Photoshop things all day. And during the breaks, people would often line up to ask questions. And there was one city I was in. I don't remember where. It was one of the many cities I did. And just to put this in perspective, over the years of me teaching Photoshop, I literally have taught in every state in the United States of America. So I've been to a lot of cities. So when people would say, have you been to my city before? I'm like, I maybe, <laughs> probably. Anyway, during this one particular seminar, every time there was a break, this gentleman would come up and rather than asking questions, he would offer comments like, you know, there's a keyboard shortcut for that, right? So perhaps I was showing some technique and I would continue to go to the menu to choose it. And he was like, you know, there's a keyboard shortcut for that. To which I responded, yes, but I'd like people to see where I'm going first before I start using the keyboard shortcut. And he also would come up and say, you know that you can buy a plugin to do that more quickly. And I was like, yeah, but here's the thing. And here's where I alter my opinion a little bit. I don't have anything against plugins at all. But when I'm teaching Photoshop, I, I really don't like if I'm showing some technique and the solution is go buy this plugin. So people feel like they have to spend money on the plugin to get it done. And I would rather show them a Photoshop method to do it. But if someone does it all the time, like part of their job is to do this same thing over and over and over again, if they can get a plugin to save them some time, sure, that's fine. And to me, that's, that's different than impatience. That's being efficient. So if, if you can find a plugin that helps you, I'm all for that. But where I also question a little bit is people's reliance on presets or more specifically presets from someone else. So, for example, people perhaps who use Lightroom or Camera Raw and they like a particular look. So their first thought is, I'm going to go buy this set of presets. And I've seen, I remember seeing a Facebook ad and I just about fell off my chair because it was something crazy like, I forget the number, but it was something like 10,000 presets for $19.99. And I was like, 10,000? Like, does that mean when you want to try applying a look to a photograph, you're going to look through a zillion options before you find one that you like? And I could have just moved some sliders and got things to look the way that I wanted by that time. So again, I'm, I'm not saying don't use presets. I'm saying use them effectively. So when I create presets in Camera Raw, it's because I know I have created a look that I want and I need to make that same look on a series of other photographs so it will save me time by making a preset. But just to say I'm, I'm going to go in and just pick from a list of presets that someone else created with names like Lollipop Magic or Cool Breeze or whatever they might be, which is like, that's another, that's just personal pet peeve of mine with presets. It's not, I understand if you're going to make 
10,000 presets, you're going to run out of names pretty quickly. But anyway, presets, I love presets. I love presets when you make them and then it gives you the opportunity to reuse something you've already made ahead of time. It's the same concept as actions. Make your own actions. Yeah, you can download other people's actions and that's cool. But I've talked about this also before that that I have a strong belief that many people look at actions the wrong way and think of it as it has to be a complete process A to Z to do everything for them. Whereas I have a lot of actions that I've created that are starter actions, which do the first few steps that I would otherwise repeat over and over again. Now, don't get me wrong, and I want to sidetrack myself from saying that, again, things like presets. So if there are brushes that you use a lot with certain settings, yeah, sure, make a preset. But at the same time, be willing to experiment a little bit and say, well, if I want to create this look using a brush or creating a, a layer style or whatever it might be, be willing to go in and explore a little bit. And I'm sure I've said this before because I say this all the time in response to people saying, you know, Dave, it's fine for you to say you should experiment more in Photoshop, but I don't have time. I have deadlines. I, I just don't have time to experiment. And many years ago, I started saying to people, well, then experiment for seven seconds. And they'd look at me like, what? And I'd say, here's what I mean by that. If you do a process where in Photoshop, you always add a curves adjustment layer and move the curve this way, try using levels instead or try using curves, but adjust only the red channel or just do something different for a few seconds and then make note of what that does and then go back to whatever you were doing. So to me, there's really, I don't want to say no excuse, but in a sense, there's no excuse to say, I don't have time to experiment. You can certainly find a few seconds unless you're in some production environment where there's a supervisor hanging over your shoulder and saying, hey, what are you doing? Don't stray off the path that we've identified for our workflow. I'm going to guess that most of us are not in that boat. So next time you see a photograph and you're like, that's a really cool effect, rather than your first thought being, I wonder if that person has a tutorial, maybe instead think, based on what I know about Photoshop, I wonder if I can recreate that myself. I think you'll be amazed at, even if it doesn't work, how much you'll learn along the way. Thank you so much for listening to me rant a little bit. It's one of those things that I do, but hopefully you picked up some ideas along the way. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dave Cross. We'll see you next time. Please subscribe and tell your Photoshop using friends. Find us at talkingshop.show. This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.